0: Big bird, what time am I going on?
1: Going on what
0: the show? What am I going on the show? I have a great act.
1: What talent could you
0: possibly possess? Mm-hmm.
1: one not even your parents would want to see that
2: Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob I'm Hector Navarro and I'm Frankie Grande It's not just us on the show today, we have an incredibly special guest, the story editor for Spongebob Squarepants spinoff Camp Coral Spongebob's Under Years, and someone who has been working in the Spongebob universe for 15 years, we have writer Andrew Goodman on the show today. Hi, how's it going? 15 years you've been working with the Sponge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, since I uh, got out of college. Having any job for 15 years makes you think a person looks a certain way. But, Andrew, you're a strapping young man, a good-looking guy.
3: You really have a really interesting origin story with SpongeBob. By the way, for you listeners, Andrew looks remarkably like Hector, which is yes. why he's complimenting him on, on his good, <laughs> dashing, good looks. They have the same beard, the same glasses, the same adorable cherubic face. It is it is awesome.
1: Exactly. Uh, thank you. I assume we have the same stylist. So. <laughs> So, Andrew, interning in college on Spongebob, tell us about it. I was uh, in college and I'd written a 14-page essay on the first Spongebob movie to get into film school.
2: And you got accepted into film school based on this
1: 14-page essay. Yeah, I was on genre hybridization in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. They, I thought they were going to think I was crazy or passionate, and uh, I lucked out, and they they let me in. A year or two later, I was looking at internships online. I saw Nickelodeon had an internship program, and I applied, and I was lucky enough to get uh, an interview. So, I, of course, I brought my paper, and I was like, I like your show. I did this. <laughs> and it worked out. They, they hired me, and I spent the entire fall of 2006 working as a production intern on on the show. And it was amazing. I loved everybody. I was already a huge fan of the show, if you couldn't guess. Obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the, all the people were just so amazing. It was a great time. I love being there. Back then, when you were shipping something, uh, it was all physical shipments. So you'd be like running around the studio mm-hmm. till 10 at night trying to get everything copied and, and boxed and to the, the couriers who were coming to pick everything up. And I love staying there. I did. I like. I just. It was. It was not a chore to be there till ten at night on a Friday, working with people you really like, and and on a show you love. So that's the hustle.
2: Yeah. If you can try and briefly sum up your career from that point to now, I mean, now you are the story editor on Camp Coral. Is that their job
1: title right now? I was a PA for a long time, uh, and then I moved up to coordinator, did that for a long time, and then we paused the show... In the middle of season nine to go do the second spongebob movie and i was a production supervisor on that i ended up on that movie taking notes in all of the animatic meetings and all of the writing meetings and stuff like that then when we came back uh to finish season nine we changed how the show was done from board driven to script driven that worked out really well for me uh, because suddenly they needed a script coordinator and i was able to step into that role
2: (laughs) Andrew, in your path, you went from script coordinator to writer and started writing on the show. And for our listeners, he's written some awesome episodes, Lost in Couch from the Patrick Starr show. I got to mention, In Search of Camp Nudist from Camp Coral is really, really fun. Also, a SpongeBob episode is from season 12 that Andrew wrote, The Krusty Slammer, which was so funny and just pitch perfect SpongeBob.
0: Oh, what's Finder doing here, Mr. Krabs? I thought he was going to prison. (laughs) He is! The crusty crab is in prison now! Ach,
2: ach, 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 ach. Oh! Hooray! Prison! Andrew, uh, a little bird told me that uh, you are the person who does the scratch vocals for a storyboarder animatic of SpongeBob and the various shows. Is that true?
1: Uh, yeah, I've done a bunch of episodes, um, when we haven't been able to get everyone to come in and record, and we still need the animatic to get done in time, you bring in someone to do the scratch. So,
2: for those listening that don't know what exactly that means, it is a temporary audio track a temporary vocal record where you are reading the lines in the characters' voices to give everybody an idea of the timing of what the finished episode will kind of be like, but before the voice actors can come in and do a a more finished version of it. And it's also done before any of the animation, because the animation is done off of the voice actors' uh, character's performance. But you doing the scratch, does that mean that you have impressions of each of the characters in your back pocket? Yeah, some better than others. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We got to run through them. Uh, Let us hear your, uh, what's your plankton? Let's hear a little bit of Mr. Lawrence plankton.
1: Well, plankton talks down here. You kind of got to go out of the side of your mouth like this. (laughs) Okay.
2: Out of the side of your mouth. That's very piratey. How do you differentiate that between Mr. Krabs? Let's go, Mr. Krabs.
1: Hey, uh, I'm Mr. Krabs, and I'm a little more gravelly. And of course, uh, as soon as the voice actors hear this, they're going to be, that's not how, I, how he's not doing it right.
2: <laughs> that's not how I do it. That's not where it comes from. Give us a little taste of uh, Squidward. Hi, I'm Squidward. <laughs> you know what these sound like? These sound like when other characters do impressions of Squidward on the show. It, it's so funny. Uh, okay, the, the, the brilliant, genius, idiot savant, Patrick Starr. What's Patrick sound like?
1: Oh, Patrick's kind of down here. Kind of go a little <laughs> slower and a little back of the throat.
2: <laughs> and finally, the lead of the show, SpongeBob SquarePants. Let's hear your SpongeBob. Oh, my
1: SpongeBob's. My SpongeBob's interesting, I guess. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the voice, I think, is okay. It's the laugh because um, Tom Kenny does this like two fingers on the throat and he moves it up and down. He's he's got this whole technique. Where, Hi, I'm SpongeBob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Andrew that sounds like a laugh that you've been practicing since you were a kid and look at you now you can finally yeah that's off. what that's finally paid off uh, <laughs> awesome Andrew thank you for sharing that with us man those were pretty good uh, tough but fair thank you this is gonna be really fun so let's just go ahead and jump in the episodes we're talking about today are culture shock and fun, F-U-N, fun. Let's, let's talk about culture shock first. In case people forgot, this is the premise. <clears throat> the Krusty Krab is having an impossible time bringing in new customers, so Mr. Krabs asks his employees for ideas. Squidward proposes that they put on a talent show to draw in new customers with grand ideas of his own glory. But will the citizens of Bikini Bottom appreciate the artistry that Squidward delivers?
0: I know. How about Mouthful of Clams Day? Everyone who shows up with a mouthful of clams gets their free drink. Huh? Huh? Well, uh, I was thinking more along the lines of live entertainment. <gasps> That's it. A floor show. No, wait. A talent show with your host, me. Oh, this is the moment i I mean, we've been dreaming of...
2: Andrew, before we get into some specifics from this episode, like going back and rewatching this from season one, thinking about how old you were when you first saw it, your memories of the show versus where you are today, like what's just your biggest takeaway from Culture Shock? Wow,
1: I mean, it's got so many great moments in it. I love <laughs> like there's like the little things that really draw me to it, uh, like Mr. Krabs' line when he's introducing himself to the parents.
0: Hello, I'm Mr. Krabs, and I like money
1: it's just it's like so simple but you're just like ah oh, <laughs> funny i also love how much time they spend in that episode uh doing the back and forth with squidward mm-hmm. and, and spongebob at the end spongebob <laughs> comes out on stage and everyone cheers squidward comes out on stage everyone's just silent i mean it's a long joke and it is i just gets funnier and funnier as it goes to me at least I, it's genius <laughs>
3: Do you think that that's kind of like one of the things that has continued to run throughout the SpongeBob universe is the long joke? Have you guys kind of like embraced that in in perpetuity?
1: You know, I would actually say today the pace has quickened a little bit in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, We do sometimes still do jokes like that, but uh, I don't know. There's I find there's so many ideas and and gags and funny drawings. We want to get into stuff today. It's hard to spend (laughs) a long time on a gag like that.
2: Let's talk about some bikini bottom mysteries. I would love to try to figure out, let's talk about how does Sandy understand Gary's poetry when Gary (laughs) was doing the beatnik poetry thing? Do you guys have any theories on this? Is it, is it because she's a
1: scientist? Like how does she understand him? I think it's more of a, an emotional connection that she has there. Well said. Yeah. Well said. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's hearing it, but she's also feeling it. Yes. <laughs> Andrew, this
2: is why you're writing on the show. Thank you. Okay. You've, you've solved that one for me. Okay. <laughs> Andrew, you are definitely the expert here between the three of us. If the dance now magazine has ever popped up again, have we seen that again?
1: Oh, I'm sure. One of the things I did as a PA was uh, you go through the storyboards and you find old props, characters and stuff that you can reuse in an episode um, from that have already been designed. So you can sort of cut down on the list that the designers actually have to work on every episode. So I'm sure Dance Now has showed up again. I know for a fact uh, that Culture Shock was the episode I would always go to when we needed fancy incidentals, wearing like tuxedos and evening gowns.
3: (laughs) That is so funny. But also, like, are you the reason why the Mrs. Puff boating theories and jail theories exist? Like, is this just a PA who is literally like, it would be really fun to put this picture of Mrs. Puff in this magazine?
1: I believe that Mrs. Puff's nefarious not often mentioned past comes from mr lawrence i yeah. believe he added yes. that to your character
2: if i remember correctly i think so i think when we talked <laughs> to him we talked about that a little bit and like that, that it will probably never be revealed maybe probably it <laughs> yeah i, I think it, it's it funnier if be. you just never
1: know yeah we we need a little hint of like oh gosh what was she into <laughs> and some guy miles away from here is giving you all the answers
2: Also, Andrew, was that like your dream job to have to go back through older SpongeBob episodes and storyboards to like find designs that have already been implemented
1: so that you can re-implement? Like, because that sounds like a dream job for me. I thought it was incredible. This show was one of the last shows to stop doing pencil and paper. Um, Everyone had shifted over to Cintiqs and uh, for a long time we were still doing boards by hand. So we had just filing cabinets all over the office filled with every board that had ever been done for spongebob um so i remember flipping through the original storyboard you know hand-drawn on post-its and taped down to the paper for the opening oh my gosh i I felt like i was handling the constitution or something i was like oh my gosh it's (laughs) a historical artifact in my hands
0: (laughs)
2: har 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 funniest moment Frankie did you have a favorite funniest moment
3: I certainly did it is when my darling Pearl comes out to do her talent <laughs> and she starts to cheer and she's you know and it just every time she jumps the whole audience goes flying give me a kick I thought that gag was so <laughs> hysterical because you know like it's often in bikini bottom we we like everyone is kind of scaled the same so you don't remember that she's actually the largest creature in the ocean. She's like yeah. a, a gigantic whale. And that yeah. just was so funny to me, the way that they slightly reminded us.
2: When you're talking about the the, the citizens of Bikini Bottom being like lifted <laughs> up with every one of Pearl's things, the way that they're drawn is so <laughs> funny. They have such great poses and they're all yeah. in their fancy attire, like Andrew pointed out earlier, these fancy incidentals. Their little butts are pronounced and little things like that. Just so, such great drawings. I thought the funniest thing was when Patrick was laughing at everything that Squidward said, but everything that he said, not even at the end of a bad joke, but also like, so put your, (laughs) put,
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Uh, Put your fans together for (laughs) put your,
2: But. hilarious i yes, mean yeah. we, maybe maybe because we just frank and i just met bill we just yeah. talked to bill and oh, cool. t- talking to him about the level of commitment and the basic like shouting that he has to do sometimes for a patrick laugh made me like appreciate it more so going forward i'm going to appreciate all the patrick laughs even more than i did before so yes. so thank you thank you Bill.
3: <laughs> Most heartfelt. Do you have a favorite heartfelt moment? A really, a moment that pulled on your heartstrings in this episode?
1: I love how uh, when Spongebob comes out on stage at the end to mop for the first time, he just starts doing it. Like he's just there to do the job. And then when he notices the crowd reacts, he gets this look on his face, like, oh, oh, you like this, and starts doing it a little more vigorously. For me, that moment, it's so emblematic of SpongeBob and how Uh, He loves making people happy. And also the
3: fact that he had an incredibly impressive talent ready to go. He could (laughs) blow a human bubble creature and tap dance with it in unison. I thought that was a pretty good talent. But he settled to be the mop boy at the end of this show and did it with such um, commitment and excitement and such joy just to be a part of the show in any way he could. When you do something with heart, people notice. Meme moments.
2: Hey, I know that meme.
3: That's a meme moment.
2: I think there's a couple in this one. I know that Squidward's interpretive dance, I've seen that GIF. I've used that GIF. Andrew, you're you're nodding your head. Oh, yeah. I'm sure all the writers share that one all the time amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah.
3: And the dance community, because I'm a dancer, you know, so we used to send that around to the Broadway kids all the time, because it's fun. It is. It's <laughs> That's fun. Great.
1: It's great. Those drawings are so great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's really one of those funny. great moments
2: where you where you are reminded. Oh yeah, Squidward doesn't have just two legs. He's got four and two arms, and the whole you know all six of his appendages are coming out, and it's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I think there's also I didn't know about this one, but there's a meme format where Squidward peeks behind the curtains. Nobody cares and then pushes SpongeBob out and everybody cares. I've seen people now use that as like a setup punchline kind of a, a, a format or like people don't care about this thing, but they care about this thing. It's a, one of those, it's a little more complicated. It's more like, you know, specific. It's not, uh, it's not as universal, I think, as a, as just yeah, a gif.
3: It's one of those but, two part memes that they have yeah. where it's like me, I gotcha. you, you know, like me, <laughs> yeah, <I> SpongeBob, <laughs> you, Squidward, you know, they're getting really clever these days with these memes. So pretty soon they're going to yeah. be comic strips. Uh-huh. Or dissertations. <laughs> That's what you write to get into
2: college now, is you're going to have to write a really good meme. Yeah. And the professors will look at it and go, Oh, oh this is good. Smart. Okay. <laughs> smart. I get it.
1: They like SpongeBob. They don't like Squidward. Oh, okay.
0: You did it, Squidward! What a
1: great show! I just love the face SpongeBob makes when he comes out to, to sweep the tomato that Squidward just got hit with. <laughs> yeah. He's got his tongue sticking out, and he's like, mm. <laughs> I love the, the weird little drawings that get put into every episode. It just makes me laugh so much when I see that. Yeah.
2: From your perspective, writing episodes, do you ever write those little moments into the script? Or do you leave it up to the amazing artists that work on the show that they, that they know what kind of faces that they want to attribute to the to the words that you're writing?
1: Uh, it's a bit of a mix. Sometimes if we it's an important story point, we'll describe what the face looks like or you know, what you're doing right there. But uh, a lot of the times we leave that up to uh, our many different incredible board artists. I can't, draw as funny as them. So I'm very, very glad we have
2: them. (laughs) We're all very glad that you guys have them too. Yeah, they're great.
3: Should we talk about F-U-N? I think we need to because it is a very fun episode and one that I know has stood the test of time because we hear that song all the time. I told my (laughs) fiance this morning that um, we were going to be talking about fun and immediately he went, "Um, F is for fire, you know, (laughs) U is for uranium bombs. Like everyone remembers (laughs) Plankton's verse. So let's dive into it. This is the episode fun, F-U-N. When Plankton takes off with a Krabby Patty, Spongebob chases him down and the villain gives up that's when spongebob realizes all plankton might need is a friend to teach him how to have fun surprisingly plankton begins to enjoy their new friendship but will he go back to his old evil ways (laughs) (laughs) yes yes he will Um, i'm so spoiler alert i'm sorry and then he
0: told us if you believe in yourself and with a tiny pinch of magic All your dreams can come true. Ah! I can't take it! Hi, then! It's you! Yes. And after all these years, I thought I
3: was the man. It was such a lovely moment. This episode, I thought, was very filled with heart, filled with optimism about the fact that, you know, like this evil person, maybe he just needs a friend and then we can change him and change the world. And SpongeBob is so optimistic. Yes. Were there any other heartfelt moments that stood out to you, Andrew? Or what was your favorite part about this episode?
1: The song, probably. But there's so many great moments in it. Um, Heartfelt moment I love is when uh, SpongeBob's chasing Plankton in the patty, and uh, Plankton flies off with the little helicopter on top of the patty, and to follow him along, SpongeBob takes the twirling baton of the police officer next to him and flies off, <laughs> and the officer's reaction is, "Oh!" and hearts are starting to bubble out. And he falls in love with SpongeBob for this amazing act. Hey! <laughs> I just, it's so funny and like the opposite of what you think might be coming and and there's literal hearts on the screen. So that's heartfelt. It's
2: tricky because the entire town really rallies behind SpongeBob in this episode and they love him because he's so lovable, but it also comes with them like just hating on Plankton and that makes me feel bad, but (laughs) it it is nice to see the town really love SpongeBob. And if there is a continuity to these episodes, it's almost like, this episode could take place the day after the talent show and the whole town is still buzzing on how much they love Spongebob from the night before. Then now here comes Spongebob and he he saves the Krabby Patty from Plankton. And then so they love him and they put that little donut on him and they celebrate Spongebob and everything. You could look at it like that, but just the whole premise is so heartfelt and so sweet and and I even love at the end, even though we learn that it's fake, maybe, fake, probably, even when Plankton starts emotionally losing it and crying at the betrayal that he enacts. Oh, yeah. And SpongeBob is crying. And the movie music that's playing in the movie theater that they're sitting in is just so dramatic.
0: Tell me what you see here. I, I don't see anything. Okay, oh, can you not see it? Okay, okay, I see it. It's a Krabby Patty, okay? I couldn't help
2: it. That, I love, is a great heartfelt moment, even though it ends in a joke, which is, no, being evil is too much fun. And he goes back to being evil. But I'm like, I'm still convinced. I think Plankton did feel it. I yes. think he. I think that he did start to feel the friendship a little bit and had to be reminded by Karen about the plan because he was so into it. He put on little square pants himself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think so too, yeah. Har har har! Funniest moment. Andrew, do you have a favorite funniest moment? Something else that you thought was so
1: funny? Ooh, I mean, there's probably a few to choose from, but uh, I love Plankton's line. I think it's in the middle of the fun song where he uh, tells SpongeBob, "I feel all tingly inside." Should we stop? Because <laughs> <laughs> he he's never had fun, or He doesn't even know what it's supposed to feel like, and as soon as he starts feeling, he's like, Oh, Maybe I should call a doctor." <laughs>
0: I don't understand this i feel all tingly inside should we stop no that's how you're supposed to feel well i like it let's do it again
1: okay <laughs> that's, I, I crack up laughing every time i hear that line i
2: think other than the uranium bombs line i think one of the funniest moments is spongebob picking up where he left off when he goes to see plankton and he's telling him something he's like we could do this we could do this we could do and then plankton closes the door on him and then when plankton comes back after going to talk to karen he opens the door and spongebob just finishes the line
0: you know how to induce thermonuclear fusion no but i like to go jelly that naive cube how long must i suffer this you're not letting them leave are you can't you see? This is the perfect opportunity for revenge. Elaborate. Befriend the SpongeBob. Then, when the timing is just right, take the Krabby Patty. Take the Krabby Patty? Get moving, genius. Don't let him get away. Fishing with my friends in jellyfish fields. All right, SpongeBob.
2: I'll- so it, it took me a second watching the episode, but I was like, oh, he was just standing there outside the door. Stopped talking as soon as the door closed, which is really sad, but very funny. (laughs) And just knew in his heart that Plankton would come back
1: or was waiting for him to be nice. He gets jelly out and then you have to wait a minute until you can say, Fishing, Fishing, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. Is for fire that burns down the whole town. Used for uranium bombs, and is for no survivors. When you're like done, those things aren't what fun is all about. Now do it like this. F <laughs> is for friends who do stuff.
2: We briefly touched on the amazing, lasting legacy of the fun song. Yes, but mm-hmm. let's really get into this because. Not only have we heard it in a Thanksgiving Day parade, at Paramount Parks, products, video games, it was in the Spongebob episode Chums, C-H-U-M-S, where it's played in Spongebob's headphones, like Mm it has come back. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the influence of that song, and then Andrew... We've been told that you are a brilliant songwriter in your own right, and you got to mm-hmm. talk to us about like what it's like to write songs for Spongebob. How does everybody feel about the fun song, and then how do you write songs today?
1: Oh, everybody loves the fun song. I mean, not only <laughs> is it catchy, right? It's a bit of an earworm, but... Uh... It just, it's so emblematic of Spongebob himself and the whole show and just the way he sees the world. It's perfect. Yeah. I love that one.
2: Is it intimidating to write a Spongebob song, man? How do you do it?
3: (laughs) That's a great question. I I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Do you write the lyrics (laughs) to someone else come up with the melody first? Like how does it, what's the process
1: like? Uh, I tend to do both. I wouldn't say I'm a talented musician, um, but I can like (laughs) plunk away on a guitar or a mandolin or or I I have a couple of things lying around, I guess. I do basic stuff. I do like chords and then uh, I, I come up with the lyrics and stuff. And then we have uh, a number of uh, incredible musicians uh, that we go out to, and they make it sound like we know exactly what we're doing. They make it sound so good.
3: <laughs> it makes sense that the writer would be the person that can actually uh, craft the song, because they do feel very much a part of the story and the plot. I, I feel like if somebody else did it, it might may, may not go hand in hand. Andrew,
2: just if you could, what sort of thing would you say to anybody listening now? who is also a massive fan of SpongeBob, who one day hopes and dreams of maybe working on the show because you had such an amazing journey from fan
1: to professional to story editor. probably took me about nine years working production before I moved over to our writing side of things. I did freelance a couple of outlines before that, but I just knew it was where I wanted to be. And I just kept working with these people who uh, I just knew were the best in the business. I mean, I love the show so much. I always have. And the people creating it are just geniuses. So I was just happy to be around and, and absorb as much as I could and learn as much as I could and, and figure out how I could be a part of that as well. So stick with it. Stick with it.
2: I love how you stuck in the word absorb as well. That's very SpongeBob appropriate. You you are (laughs) a good writer. You're a genius in your own right, Andrew. That's a really great... Thank you. Definitely planned it out. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Guys, this was so much fun. It's talking about these fantastic episodes and getting to get some behind the scenes insight from Andrew was a delight, man. I'm so, so happy that you're working on the shows today, Andrew, because... Frankie and I have been talking to everybody who's you know been working on the show and every person we've talked to has been awesome and super nice and they love the show above everything else. So it yeah. makes Frankie and I as fans so happy so happy to, to have that confirmed that like the people who love the show are making the show and shows. So thank you, Andrew for hanging out with us. This has been a blast man.
1: Oh this has been great. Thanks so much guys. Don't forget to check
2: in every Thursday for new episodes of Spongebob Binge Pants wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what we're cooking up over here, spread the word, write a review, and most importantly, keep watching cartoons. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank
3: you so much. And now for you listeners at home, we're going to play our number one requested song. This is fun from uh, Spongebob Squarepants. All right, uh, take it away, Spongebob. Here we go. (laughs)
0: Let me spell it for you. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down down here here in the deep blue sea. F is for fire that burns down the whole town. U for uranium bombs. N is for no survivors.